Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning. Are you feeling good in this January weekend? I'm feeling good. Why don't you grab a seat? So good to have you here. Uh, If you're visiting with us uh, from interstate or intrastate, uh, if you uh, have moved and uh, Hobart's now home for you, I remember that journey some 17 years ago when I moved from a beautiful place in Wynyard, northwest coast of Tasmania, to Hobart, created a new home and all of those uncertainties and things. If that's you and you're finding yourself here, welcome to you and uh, it's great to have you here. One of the best things that anyone can do when you relocate physically is find a new spiritual home and to plan and uh, make sure that nutrients draw starts again uh, in your life. I'm so excited to be communicating and preaching this morning. Thank you, Pastor Shauna Morella, uh, for letting uh, me have a moment here with you. Normally, I communicate uh, meeting leading uh, like Stewie does, and uh, I really believe this morning God has given a message for us as a church, as a season, and also you as an individually where you're at in God. And uh, gee, I love it. I've, I've been... Um, I'm only young, uh, although someone said to me, are you growing a beard like Moses, trying to get older? It does make me look a little bit older, but I'm not trying to be like Moses. Um, I've been around a little time in, in church and ministry, this church actually for a number of years. I think I'm up 17 years in this church, and uh, I actually remember when Jono came along, that was a decade ago, as he said, and Nat and I were youth pastors for, for eight years. And uh, we've seen a lot, but one of the things that is so important in anyone's life is where is your nutrients drawing from? What source are you drawing from as an individual? I mean, we're all following something. We're all going somewhere. One of the greatest things you can do, it doesn't matter what season in your life is going, if I'm outputting, what input is coming in? And one of the greatest things that you can do, young Christian, someone who's been around and in faith for a long period of time, is make sure the source is still coming. Make sure the source is still coming. Because you can last a long period of time, some longer than other, without a source, but at some point when the river dries up, you will start to dry up yourself. And what happens when you dry up is you start finding other things to give you sustenance. And whatever you feed yourself, that's what you come. That's what you become. That's what you grow into. And so uh, I'm really excited. January is this amazing uh, season, I think, in the Western world, maybe even internationally, where January is really up for grabs. Is January up for grabs in your mind? Rest, recovery, family time hanging out a little bit, a little bit of recalibration, resetting the year. I know for me, I don't, I don't get into these um, New Year's resolution-y things uh, at all, really, um, mainly because I suck at them and I don't make to Australia Day. Um, uh, terrible, and that can tell you all about it. But I do believe in seasons. There's no point trying to harvest in winter. And there's no point sowing in summer. And so if we look at a season of January that is for us, it's a beautiful time when we get restful time in a lot of cases 
it's up for grabs in our mind about landing a few things in 2020, in landing a few things in the year ahead. It's an opportunity in our minds to leave some things behind that we don't want to bring forward. And there's an opportunity for us to pick up some things that we haven't picked up in the past, but we do desire to pick up in the future. The title of my message this morning, and it is going to be short, because I I really want to get to the crux of a little Bible study with you. As I was spending time in God, the Lord said to me, what was the most significant thing in your life in focusing and arresting the future? I said, well, there's one story, and there's some principles of that story that I go to every time in arresting a season or a moment in my life. And I want to share a bit of that with you uh, as a study this morning. But the title of my message this morning is Making Now Count. Making Now Count. Now, we all have now moments in our life. I hear what you're thinking. We all have now moments, but there are significant now moments in your life. I know one significant now moment for Nat and I was that moment that you're going into hospital to give birth to your first baby. Now that is a now moment. Hold the phone. My goodness me. That is a moment which is coming at you at a rate of knots and there is nothing else to do except to embrace it and to give your very best in a now situation. I don't know about you if you, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't do any pushing. I mean, coffee, you know. There are the moments in our life, and I think as you think about in your life, what are moments and now moments that you've encountered where there's just like, it's this moment of, well, we're here and we've just got to do it, and I've just, it's carpe diem, I've just got to give my very best. It doesn't matter what you're thinking inside, it doesn't matter if you're sick, it doesn't matter if you're well, it doesn't matter if you love life and love the world or you don't, you're just in that seat and you've just got to go for it. Do you remember that first job interview? You walk into that room and there's these people on the other side. You've just got to go for it, don't you? What about that first day at work? You've just, you've just got to walk in and you just, this is a now moment and I've just got to make it count. I've just got to go for it. I don't know about you, you're just, got to, you're just going to have to go for this. I don't know, one of my now moments was I, uh, I came down here and then I, I went to university and, and studied Um, For some reason, I picked this horrible degree called engineering. Uh, It gave me hell for four years, and um, it had an effect on me. I don't think I affected it. And so I'm sitting in this, right? I'm like this little farm boy from a dairy farm. I shouldn't be here doing this. This is crazy. And I've gone in with about 700 other people, and there's just desks everywhere. Imagine this. You just walked in. It's my first. I'm a 17-year-old. Ugly, pimply kid, you know, here I am, I'm here from a farm with seven people in the community. And I've sat down and there's this 700 individual desks, all with seats, all laid out, each with pieces of paper. And you've studied, you've done your very best. You've, you've stayed up late, you've procrastinated, you've played that Christian CD 50 million times, you've sought the Lord, and then finally you've done some examples And you're walking into that exam for the first time and you sit down behind that desk and it's squeak, 
screeches as you move the chair back and everyone's chair screeches. Talk about feeling overwhelmed. And you sit down and you get your ruler out and you get your first pen out and then you get your pink highlighter out and then you get your yellow highlighter out and then you get your blue highlighter out and then you get your orange highlighter and then you get your rubber and your second pencil and your blue pen and your red pen and your calculator and your backup calculator. Has anyone ever done that? And you use one pen and one calculator. What's with that? But you got it all. You're all sorted. And then you're in that now moment. That person stands up the front. And we're lucky. We've got, actually got the best maths professor in Tasmania in our church. And Drew's up there. He's written this really hard exam. He's smiling and we're all not. And then... He says, all right, your time starts now. Charles, you know about this. You write exams. Yeah, you professors. And it's on. It's on. I don't know about your life or what's happening in your world, but I bet my bottom dollar that whatever your circumstance, you can look at this year And there's some moments, there's some circumstances in your life that you know it's time to make them count. I want to encourage you this morning, the lifeblood, the DNA of this church is faith-filled. It is audacious. We step out in God and we apprehend whatever the Lord puts in front of us. And I want to see every person in this church, no matter the struggles or the challenges that you go through, grab onto God and embrace the fullness of His kingdom. See it manifest, take place within you and then out of you and see you pursue the will of God for your life. One of the things I find quite challenging in January is you think about, oh, this year and goal setting and different things, if you're one of those seven people in the room that do it. And you're thinking about all this stuff and you're trying to weigh it up. What am I leaving behind? You know, I'm going to lose four kilos by January. You know, do I do this shake or the man shake or, you know, oh, sorry, just me. And then uh, you're thinking all this through and you're weighing it up. One of the battles I have found in my journey, certainly from a secular point of view and coming through uh, quite a progressive uh, secular career, is working out what this phrase is when it comes to my spiritual life. In, in the working world, a lot of people throw out this phrase, what does success look like? Or how do you define success? And even with your life and you responding to God, we all love to define what success looks like. If, if I get there, then that's where I need to be. Who Actually, who likes to know if you're winning in life? Do you like to know if you're winning in life? I mean, who lives out three months or six months of the year and gets to the end of it and goes, I don't know if I'm winning or not. Am I winning in my work world, in my study world, in my leading, helping out at youth, in my volunteering, in my parenting world? No, gee, don't ask that. Am I winning here? Who, who loves to know? Just a little bit inside. Am I winning here? Is this going okay? I think we really do. I think we really do. And one of the things that I've found really helpful in defining success is to stop listening to the world's definition of success. And that makes sure we calibrate and orientate ourselves to what the kingdom defines as success. 
I don't know about you, but there's lots of things that come up on my social media feed that says I need to look like, I need to be involved in, I need to have. But these aren't the things that God defines as success in our lives. In fact, Jesus is praying to God the Father. And this gives us a great insight. And Jesus prays and says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And I'd love for us to embrace this concept of Jesus clarifying with God the Father what success looks like for our lives. Success for our lives looks like accomplishing the work that God has given us to do. You may have a boat in the garage. You may earn lots of money. You may be used and you may have a high social position. But it's not about any of that. It's about what you're doing to serve God with whatever he has given you. There's always a master and there's always a slave in your life. You should always challenge whatever's in your world, whether it's the master or the slave. And right here, Jesus' prayer defines what the master is for us, which is to bring glory to him by finishing the work that he he has given us to do. Rightio. You ready for your Bible study? Grab your Bible if you've got one or a notepad. We're going to jump straight into it. We have a very short period of time to go through what I believe is one of the most helpful and insightful scriptures or nine verses in scripture for a season in January that you will find yourself in. This story is about Joshua. Now, if you've never heard of Joshua, Joshua's story is absolutely out of this world. He has just come with Moses, who is in charge of the Israelites. They've exodus out of Egypt. They have come across the Red Sea. Moses himself has gone up Mount Sinai. He's brought down the Ten Commandments. They've been communicating to the Israelites about obeying God and understanding the things of God. They've been through the wilderness, and we're in the late stages of the wilderness. They haven't yet gone across the Jordan. They haven't yet got to Jericho, and they haven't got to what God promised, which is the promised land. Right here in Joshua 1, we pick up the fact that Moses has just died, and now as Moses' assistant, Joshua is to lead the Israelites. In verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over the Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the children of Israel. This is to head to the promised land. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given to you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness to the Lebanon, as far as the great river, 
the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to the people you shall divide an inheritance of the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the laws which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the left to the right that you may prosper wherever you go. And the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night and that you may observe and do all according to that that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Nine verses there that I think if each one of us take at a personal level and study and pull apart within our lives comes keys that will help unlock our success in 2020 in making this year count. The first one I want to draw to your attention is right up front. Joshua made this season of his life, this coming into a new leadership position, the loss of his great mate Moses, halfway but not yet to the promised land, a significant time in the Israelites' journey. He possessed it and he made it count by one, he listened to the voice of God. I don't know wherever we find ourselves, but the eight verses that precede this are significant and echoing that anyone who does something significant for God must first listen to God. Take the time in your personal life to spend quality time with God. Quite often I found in my short time on planet Earth, I say to people, oh, yeah, yeah, but God's not speaking to me anymore. He's, ah, oh, I'm not hearing it. The best counsel that I have ever received spiritually is, go back to when God last spoke and finish what he asked you to do. Then he'll open the door for the next thing. I want to encourage you. God is speaking. We as a church want to walk the journey with every person so that you hear with a clarion understanding the will and call of God on your life personally as well as corporately. But we must seek something in order to find it. With all your heart, listen to the voice of God. The next one, it says, arise and go. Oh, arise and go. We need to get up where we're at in ourselves and we need to pursue and to go into the direction that God is calling you. Yes, it includes education. Yes, it includes being a parent. Yes, it includes all of those things, but we must arise and go. When the miracle happens is not when we're sitting down. I love the scripture that Pastor Sean preached about the lepers. They said, lest we sit here and die. No, we get up and we go wherever you're at in your journey, in faith and life, always being pursuing God to arise and go. When you step out on the water, that is when the miracle takes place. The third thing, it says three times about being strong and courageous. 
Now, I don't know about you, but if we sat down and we studied on this over a cup of coffee together, why is it inferred or directly stated, actually, three times to be strong and of good courage? Simply, it is that important. It is that important. Wherever we lead January 2020 and the future months that come with it, whatever season of life you're in, in work, in running a business, in doing whatever you're doing, we need to run with the charter of God to be strong and courageous. Do you know what I love about that? When I read this scripture as an 18-year-old or 19-year-old in my third year of uni when I'd failed some subjects, when I was in some of my darkest times and I read this scripture, now you're seeing why it's foundational for me. You read this scripture and it doesn't say if you can muster it. It doesn't say if you feel like it. It demands that you be strong and courageous. Build robustness in your spirit wherever you're at, in order to take on life's journey and know that God is with you in the being strong and being courageous. The next one I want to draw your attention to is to live God's Word. It says, Be careful to obey all the laws that my servant uh, servant Moses gave to you. In fact, it says this twice. Be careful to obey. I don't know about you, but there's something in a phrasing, being careful, isn't there? If we really get around this cup of coffee and we start dwelling on it, be careful. Be careful, really. It has that connotation of you can easily not. You could find yourself in a circumstance where, oh, I forgot to apply it, or I didn't quite do it. You know how something small starts Small starts insignificant. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll just that'll be fine. That's not my state of being. That's just a once-off. No, no. Be careful to obey. Be careful to obey. You know um, the little things. That's when it starts to spoil the big things. You know. So whenever we're at in our spirituality in our life of faith, be careful to obey and pursue the will of God and the teachings of God. The next one is resist temptation and distraction. Mm. Does anyone not know about this one? Does anyone not know about resisting temptation and distraction? Temptation always has that connotation of negative things. Sometimes the problem in life is the difference between a great thing and a good thing. And that's a bit confusing for us. This is good. This is really good. It's serving people. It's doing this. And this is really good too. Well, this is serving people. Well, this is really good too because this is helping people. But they can be distractions to recalibrating back to this orbital position of the will of God for my life. Make sure in this year you're going to be a person when you're being strong and courageous isn't going to be cast to the left or to the right, but you're going to pursue and you're going to do excellently to the best of your ability, staying core to the calling of your life. Everyone will love you to do everything else. Everyone will love you to ask, can you do this? Can you do that? Nicely, we'll feel obligated to do yes to everything. 
but it must not compromise staying fundamental and core to the calling of God on your life. The last one, and I feel it's probably the most significant one for me, is to memorize and to meditate on God's Word. In fact, I believe this is probably even the golden component to this whole scripture as I get the band back up. You see, when we're in life's journey and the busyness and things are going on and finishing employment here or starting a new career here or entering into a family here or dealing with a significant loss and grief in your life, it's like you've got a, t- a tube of toothpaste in front of you and it's that moment in life where you don't get to handle it nicely and get it on the toothbrush and, you know, it's all delicate and well orchestrated and sophisticated, unlike my five-year-old actually, that doesn't really work. But these moments in life when someone or something grabs that tube of toothpaste called your life and squeezes you so hard, you can't do anything but let everything out. I don't know about you, but I love what Stewie was drawing to you before about what's in your heart because what's in your heart is the only thing that can come out if you were a tube of toothpaste silly analogy significant consequence if you were squeezed this year it's going to come out of your life I love how Scripture in Joshua says, meditate on it, chew it up, get it on the inside of you. Because the more of God that gets in you, the less of you that exists in you. The transforming power of God can come alive in you and help you be bigger and stronger and more courageous than any circumstance that comes against you any instance that you meet. I don't know about you, but I think in life there's battles. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. If you're in a great place, it's not a time to just get lost enjoying life and forgetting to feed yourself for the days ahead. The best farmers in the world gather in a time of harvest to prepare themselves for a time where the harvest isn't great. As we come to a close, Paul demonstrates this desire of God's power to be alive in us through an amazing scripture. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father in heaven, which every earth, everything on earth derives its name. And I pray out of His glorious riches, you may be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. It says that now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask and imagine, according to His power that is at work in you. To Him be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.
Friends, it's time to make 2020 count. Don't let 2020 be the year you look back on and go, it's one to be forgotten and not one to be remembered. Once you bow your eyes as we come to a close this morning. God, I thank you that you never give us a dream that matches our budget. You're not interested in our bank account, but you are interested in the level of our faith. Thank you that your promise is like Moses, so also you will be with Joshua. Like Joshua, Lord, by your spirit, you'll also be with us. If you're here this morning and you've never been a part of church or it's been a long time, you're like, James, I I desperately want to see 2020 count. I desperately want to put some things behind and pick some new things up. I want to shake some things off from 2019 and I want to pursue great things in 2020. But here this morning, you don't know if God is with you. You don't never accepted or asked Christ in your life or it's been some time where you left God somewhere else and not sure where he is anymore and it's time to draw close back to him so that you can say throughout this year you know God has been present with you through every step and every day with all eyes closed if that's you this morning and you'd like me to include you in a prayer to accept Christ into your life so that as Joshua did this journey with him, you will also do 2020 with him. So I look to the left and to the right with all eyes closed. If that's you, just lift your hand up this morning and I'll see it and I'll say thank you and then I'm going to pray for you later to accept Christ into your life, to ensure that he is sitting beside you and empowering you every step of 2020 one more time there's any anyone here this morning just looking to the left or the right for the rest of us one of the biggest thrusts that I felt the Lord say to me through the preparation of this message is life doesn't come to us it's not all pre-planned you don't have to do nothing and you'll achieve everything that God had for you and the simple question as Christians I want to live with you is is your life currently by design or is it by default this year make your life by design and not to the whims of the waves or to other people's opinions or the circumstances, but to arise in it. And if you this morning identify with that, I just want to simply pray for you. The power of God will touch you, that he will be with you as he was with Joshua, and that this year will be your very best year yet. Through all the good, and all the troubles and circumstances that a year throws at us, I thank you that you will be greater than every circumstance. Lord, this morning, for every person that is here, for every heart that identifies with this desire to be bold, 
to be courageous like Joshua. I thank you that that spirit, by your spirit, would be alive in every believer who calls upon your name this morning, that accepts the help and support and the power of God at work in their life. Lord, I thank you from teachers, Lord, to workers, to students, to moms, to dads, and every person and every situation in between, I thank you that you are actively working with us, empowering us to live an amazing life for you, to build the kingdom of God, to love each other and support each other, and to see things of heaven established on earth in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a great January as you continue in your amazing year. Why don't we... Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. We hope you've enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more, you can find us at c3hobart.org.au.